Welcome to Burning the Edge. We would like to welcome to the tea our host, Mr. Arthur Miller Jr. And we aim to keep it good. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you for joining me here on the new on a new season, season two of the Burn the Edge podcast. We want to welcome you back here. Um, this is about to break into a new season of our golf season of my play on the APT, the Amateur Players Tour. Um, looking forward to this season. We got a new tour director, Russell Cook. He'll be joining us sometime this season. We'll get him on here and uh, get him about his get his thoughts about the new season coming up and how much he's looking how much he's absolutely excited about the upcoming season on the APT. Also got some other things coming up, uh, some big things we're trying to think about doing or trying to do uh, with the group of guys that I play golf with. Uh, be coming to you soon, bringing all this stuff to you soon. I just want to thank you all for your support. You can check out burningtheedge.net and see the first season of episodes. Uh, you will be able to see the newest episodes, so you can check them out right at, uh, at right at the website. Or you can continue to listen on Apple. You can continue to listen on Amazon, iHeart, Google, um, wherever you listen to your podcast, you should be able to listen to it on Spotify. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you should be able to find it. If not, shoot me an email at adjunior. That's adjr at burningtheedge.net. So just reach out to me. And if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, you can leave them on the podcast, on the, wherever you listen to the podcast, or you can send me an email. Shoot me an email. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again. Uh, welcome to season two of Burn the Edge podcast. Well, we want to welcome uh, Bro Hickman here, Kendrick Hickman, and Ronald Porter to season two of the Burn the Edge podcast. We're about to get it started here. We're kicking it off a little late in the year, but uh, it's better late than never. What's going yes, on, bro? Yes, I'm doing good. Just uh, uh, I got calls coming in now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here all evening. <laughs> Ain't nobody called. So, but no, just uh, you know, enjoying my life and just doing stuff. I hear you. Traveling, working, yeah, you know, just staying on the ground, don't let them stop. I hear you, bro. Porter, what's going on with you, man? The drip, hey, not much. Doc. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Nothing much, man. Uh, first and foremost, man, make sure I say congratulations on your first full season of your podcast, brother. I'm proud of you. Keep great job, man. Keep it going, don't stop. But, uh, man, I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, another season of golf is up on us, man. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, man. It, it get rough, man. It's hard to keep it going. I can tell you that. Hey, man, that's that's it's a part of growing your brand. That's a process to it. And uh, hey, year two, next thing you know, five it'll be five years from now, and this thing will be on a whole different scale, baby. So don't stop. Hey, I hope so. That sounds good to me. It'd be better if we had some like merchandise or something. I ain't, you know. <laughs> you didn't get any I, merchandise. I ain't got nothing. How you 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 must didn't show up on Father's Day last year. Man, I show up most of the time. I gave everybody hats on Father's Day. I ain't got no hat, no shirt. I, I got you, bro, Hickman, man. I got I got yeah. I got a blue one and and a black one. 
And then I got the camo. We're gonna we're gonna get you straightened out though. So uh first thing I want to do, man, is uh I think uh one of the things we talked about last year too is uh which which just rounded out the uh Genesis Invitational, which was uh-huh. formerly known as the uh, LA Open, where uh Charlie Sifa won wire to wire, and we mm-hmm. had a uh, another I guess you would call him a minority, uh a guy from Chile. Won it this time. He went wire to wire with the lead. Uh, Joaquin Neiman finished out mm-hmm. with uh, 19 under, which mm-hmm. um, he set the 18 hole record. No, he set the 36 hole record and the 54 hole record uh, yep. for the tournament. He was one stroke off from tying the record as far as the uh, overall at the end of the mm-hmm. tournament. So, did y'all get a chance to check it out? I got a chance to check out some highlights of it. Um, it was just amazing, man, to see how these guys are able to attack the pin so aggressively. Uh, and also, it was amazing to see that they they also can make bad shots like us amateurs as well. Um, it was just amazing to see that. Uh, just some great golf. And what the main thing that I noticed about him when he got in that groove you could every swing I watched, you could just swing. It was just like, man, watching a, a butterfly fly. It was just so graceful, man. It was just so smooth and whoop. You know what I mean? Like you could tell he was in the groove. It was almost like watching Steph Curry when he shoot. You know it's going in, doc, because his momentum is there, his follow through is there, everything was just there. It was just, it was sweet. Just like butter. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he played. He, was off the chain. he played some really good golf. Um, I was really uh on Sunday I was I was wondering if he was gonna be able to hold on to the lead because it got a little shaky there at the beginning and uh right. he was able I think uh Cameron Young which is another young and up and coming guy matter of fact he's a rookie on the tour this year he was within a stroke and then the next hole it got back up to like a two three I think it was like a three stroke it was a two stroke swing so he was back up by three after that and uh he pretty much took care of it from there um, but the Cameron Young guy played great too. Um, but it was good to see Joaquin hold on to it and and, and finish on out with it. Did y'all get a chance to check out Tiger interview on there? I did not. Um, I missed that. I actually need to watch on YouTube. Enlighten me, man. Uh, did you guys check it out? Of course, everybody. The first question that everybody want to ask Tiger is when he coming back. And uh, <laughs> he said he's trying. You know, he said uh, he feel like his swing is there. He's just not able to walk. So he, he's going to try it out and uh, walk around and see what he can do. But um, so he said he hadn't been able to walk 18 holes yet, but uh, he said his ankle kind of swells up on him. So uh, everybody excited to see him come back, though. Um, it was good to hear him talk about his foundation. He's been doing a lot of work with his foundation and keeping it going. I love to see Tiger come back. Do you know what he does for the ratings? the type of revenue he generates for that for the tour when he shows up. <laughs> I mean, he, if he just shows up and doesn't even play. <laughs> dude, it's, dude, it's just amazing the type of money just one person can generate in the crowd. Yeah, the guy, he uh, he actually received the Charles Seaford Memorial Exemption. Uh, it was Aaron Beverly is his name. Aaron Beverly. Okay. Yeah, he's actually has won um, the APGA Tours event at the uh, Wilshire Country Club in Los Angeles. 
Um, he was a mainstay on the at Sacramento State University golf team, where he was the two-time Biscay Player of the Year. Graduated in 2017 and returned to Sacramento State as an assistant coach in 2019. He has competed on the Golden State Tour, the PGA Tour, Latino American Tour, the McKenzie Tour, and uh, played a full season on the Canadian Tour in 2019. You know, they usually be some good players, but, you know, they end up playing. You know, you when you get up there with the, you know, all these guys that are much well, uh, a lot more well-known than you, uh, I can see how it can be uh, very intimidating to be playing with them. Yeah. Speaking of that, did, you, did Joe watch the uh, Phoenix Open last week? Yeah, I, I watched a, uh, quite a bit of it. I didn't see – I want to say I saw the final. Who ended up winning? Oh, that was uh, Scott Scheffler ended up coming back and winning. Yeah, but the, yeah. the guy, uh, the gala – the uh, guy from South Africa, I mean, he had to get a uh, he got the exemption to play, right? So, I mean, he played. I mean, he was a they were neck and neck there for a while, either one and two, and he made a couple bad, uh, bad shots towards the end down the stretch. And I think he ended up finishing third, but the, I mean, it was just impressive to, to watch him play, mm-hmm. um, and, and almost win, you know. Yeah, he was yeah. he was right there. He was he was right there in it. But for him to even get third is still great. Uh, I don't think they were expecting him to, to even finish that high up in the rankings. I mean, no disrespect to him, but he he was playing and he was playing his butt off for sure. You know, I mean, he was he was upset. I mean, I, I get why he's upset. You know, you right there, you got it more or less in the bag. You just keep playing your game and a, a couple bad shots, and that's all it took. Yeah. It just went downhill on, what, 17, 18, oh, 16. A couple of bad shots took him out. Yeah, it's crazy how um, how difficult it is to win on that level. You know, it's it's just one of them things. Like, it's um, – like, I don't know. I mean, I've – in the little tour, the, I mean, you know, I had to call it a little tour, but it's not a little tour. But the, the amateur tour that we play on, you know, it's – the pressure you, I mean, you know, it's, it's pressure, you know, I mean, um, no doubt about, you know, uh, just, just trying to hold on to your swing, you know, and, and, and keeping it, stay focused or whatever. It, it gets, it gets a little difficult. Cause yeah. everything started getting real tight and tense. You're like, Oh boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then you're you yeah. sweating, you know, yeah. you sweating, and then you your adrenaline going, and then you nuke one over the green, and you like you know, or you 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 hit, feel like you hit it great, and then it slice, you know, it's like oh my goodness, you know. And then you what end up what what ended up happening to me is like compounding your mistakes, you know. Instead of saying yep. okay, let me let me back up, and uh, maybe it's not swing so hard, slow all the way down. And just you know, try to try to okay. Let me get it in the fairway first. All right, let me get it on the green. All right, let me let me let me make this put or let me nestle the put up there. And you kind of if you slow down and try to get to that, I can't. I think that's kind of how uh, Joaquin was able to do it uh, to hold on to the lead or whatever. When he when he got uh, he made the mistake. I think it was on 
like hole six or seven or something like that. But then he turned around the next hole. He striped one in the fairway. And then he got it on the green. You stay focused on what you have in front of you instead of looking ahead to the next hole or trying to worry about whether you're going to win or not. Yeah, one shot at a time, man. Um, I think for us as amateur golfers, I think we make a mistake going also. You get out there and then you're trying to do something. Uh, that's not the time and the place in competitive matchups for you to do before they do that, especially on an iron shot uh, or chipping or whatever. You got to stick to your strengths and you practice on things. Of Like if you don't know how to hit a draw, it ain't time to get out there on, on Sunday when we play trying to, all right, I'm going to hit a draw around this tree. Well, if you ain't never did that, you don't even know how you're supposed to line up. Yeah. You know, you think you do, but then you turn around and you shoot it somewhere. And then you get mad at yourself when you could have played the smarter shot, punched out, or gave yourself an opportunity to get close to the green, and then you chip on and still have an opportunity to try to putt and save par and where it works, get a bogey. But then we turn around and mess up and compound the mistakes, and then we go for double and triple and just down here from there. But yeah, it was good to see um Tagala play well. And um actually that was only probably my second time seeing him play. Um, it was my first time. I was, I, mean, I became a fan. I was like, dude, this dude is, he put 24. Yeah, I think he's 24. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his, he has a great upside, you know? Right. Yeah. You're going to be seeing him in the, the, the at least top 10 finishes a bunch of these Sundays. Stay, he still stays at home with his parents. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could you could see he was kind of young because he kind of got emotional, which, you know, that doesn't mean that you, you know, just because you're older that you want to get emotional because, I mean, the time and the effort that you put into, you know, playing and trying to become a good player and then when you're that close to winning and then you don't, I can see how it can be very emotional, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, the difference in money from – Right. Uh, from first to third, I think it was like a four-way tie for third. So they split in, you know, which is still a lot of money. But you, I mean, splitting that versus, oh, I could have been one and had what, what a 1.6 or whatever it is. Oh, uh, it's 1.476. Ooh, rub it uh, in, rub it in, rub it in. Right. You know, I mean... And how much was third? And they there's four of them that had to split third. Yeah, Tagala ended up time for third. Cantley came in second because him and Scheffler had the playoff. Um, Cantley got $893,800. Xander, Brooks, and Tagala with the three-way tie for third got $434,000 apiece. So you're talking about Ain't bad. Won't it? Won't it do it? I you talking about over the million dollars though difference between being tied for third and winning. So and then not in, not including the points they get. Uh, Brooks, Tagala, and Shafley got one hundred and forty five points, and Shuffler got five hundred uh, FedEx points. You know, and I think with the win there, you know, you get you know like an exemption for a couple of years. So that's like. It's kind of like knowing that you're going to have your job for the next two years. No no questions asked, you know. And so that's a big deal for especially those young guys like the Gala, you know. I bet he, he picks up some more uh, some sponsors after this. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. You know, I mean, the crowd was rooting for him, you know. So, you know, that says something, you know. And um, 
Did you see the holding ones on uh 16? Oh yeah. Um who ended yeah. up with um it was a couple of them. Yeah, it was two of them, and it had been so many rounds before, and then they had two of them in the same day. Or was it no? It was one in, uh, on Saturday and then one on Sunday. Hey, you talking about Phoenix, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and that I think I told you I've I've seen that that place is nuts. Yeah. It's like I mean they will boo you. They they cheer oh yeah you. they they threw beer once they got the hole in one. Them boys are throwing yeah. beer and all kind of crap on the holes, you know. And they had to pick it up in between the groups. I mean, well, they had to pick it up waiting on the groups to get up there to the green. And then, you know, it's like, I mean, that's like the only tournament <laughs> that allows you to do all that. You know, it's it's out of control. That's a pretty unique experience to be, to be a part of. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, the way I feel, I take it. Give to me, I split third. <laughs> but, you know, really... Really, if you make the cut, I mean, they spend, they, you know, they jokers spend money on, you know, training and all kind of stuff, you know. But, um, you know, you get paid if you make the cut. You know, it's it's not as much, but you know, you get paid, you know, when you don't win or whatever, you know. So it is something, but um, it's not it's it's not what you want, you know. Oh no. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was glad to see him do well and um see him get close and that just means you know the next time he plays that uh it'll be that much easier for him right. to uh maintain the lead or whatever and that's really what it takes of king this not the first time Joaquin was in in competition to win you know but he was able to hold on to it this time you know so we have one uh, next time I want to talk to y'all about um have y'all been keeping up with this Saudi Arabia golf league um, the, the, is that the new league that they're talking about the super league for me trying to take over or something like that? Yeah. So um, it, it's, it's on the radar now because of YouTube. I've been getting a lot of alerts about it. And I think, um, Dustin Johnson and, uh, the Kepka and Rory have made their comments about it. Bill Mickelson, he said something about it. Yeah. So, so basically it's a golf league. Greg Norman is over the group that's kind of trying to handle it or whatever, but it's bagged by Saudi Arabian money. And so, um, field, I think field basically is really speaking out for it because he's trying to get the PGA to do some things differently. Um, right. it seems like that's the, that's the biggest, uh, his biggest reason for making it seem like that he may jump ship or whatever. But I mean, mm-hmm. Fulfill, you know, I mean, if you, I don't know, y'all tell me how y'all look at it, but, you know, fulfill, it it may not be a bad deal because, I mean, they offering these guys a lot of money and most likely Phil is not going to make that kind of money on the PGA Tour anymore. You know, he might be able to go to the champions and make some money, but not on the PGA Tour. Um, and so his, his, uh, his, gripe or whatever with the PGA Tour is saying that it's the, that they're greedy. So um, he talked about how uh, with the when he played in the match, uh, PGA Tour asked for some of the money from mm-hmm. the, and they asked him, I think, they ended up asking him for like a million dollars 
or whatever. What? To, uh, yeah, for because so this is it's kind of strange the way they have it set up, but I mean, I guess you know it's business or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the PGA Tour owns the rights, the media rights to like all their the footage of them. Players, and so okay. yeah, the players, and so basically for them to use any other footage in the broadcast or to you know anything like that, that they have to actually pay the PJ tour for it. So well, it seems like after Phil said something about that, a lot of the other players start backing out of it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you're right. You know, uh, he said. For me, it's personally, this is a field talking. It's not enough that they are sitting on hundreds of millions of digital moments. They also have access to my shots, access I do not have. They also charge companies to use shots I have hit. And when I did the match, therefore have been five of them. The tour forced me to pay them a million dollars each time for my own media rights. That type of greed is to me beyond obnoxious. You know, that's Phil talking about, you know, the PJ Tour uh, owning his media rights or whatever. Well, I look at it this way. It's a double-edged sword. I totally understand his frustration. But in this day and age, you have an attorney for a reason. And your attorney got to be very precise and on point combing through this, these, 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 these contracts you're signing because I'm assuming I'm pretty confident he signed some legal documentation that gave him the right that gave them the rights for that. So I hate it for him. Um and I feel exactly what he's saying, but I do think it's more like he's just being uh renegade. I don't know if that's the right word to say or whatever he's going to going against the grain and trying to create something which is perfectly fine. Um but how much money can he, more money can he make over there? Um, there's so much stuff he got to factor into. And then look at the longevity of his career. He's on the backside of his career. I mean, how much more longer are you going to play? Um, and if that's what he's going to stand on, fighting for and everything, if he goes out doing that, but if it's just a short-term situation, then all that effort you put them going to be pointless. Because I'm thinking how long is the league he's trying to push it, how long would it last? It's almost like the NFL, then the XFL happened. Right. How many times has this XFL still popped up? It was short term. You know what I mean? Right. Well, so. if they can't get some of these 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 stars to go be a part of it, then I mean, who's gonna watch mm-hmm. it? Right. Nobody. I mean, you're not gonna go watch a bunch of amateurs play. <laughs> no, not like, too who, quick. Like, who gonna pay to come watch us play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I, sometimes I don't want to be there when I'm playing bad, so right. I know somebody else ain't gonna play to watch that. Right? You know. the, apparently, they got a lot. They got a lot of money, and um, yeah, two hundred billion or something. So money ain't an object. It's just it's just the thought of the league itself and the, the Saudi Arabian government and how they treat people. Yeah, yeah. I respect them. Doing something different though, um, um, but I, I also think it's almost like if LeBron or somebody with a big name in the league gets mad, say they're gonna start their own basketball league and go over here. It's like, bro, you at the back end of your career now. Like, 
how far are you really going to go with this? Because you're not going to stay and push it once you retire and all this stuff. It's, it's going to be pointless. Yeah. We'll see. But, yeah, most of the guys, the bigger nine guys, have already committed to the PGA Tour. And I have to applaud the PGA Tour, you know, Better late than never. They're doing some things to try to encourage amateurs to play. They're trying to encourage, um, trying to help um, spread the golfer game and, you know, help some of the younger guys that are coming up, the young professionals, you know, uh, trying to kind of profit share or whatever, kind of make sure that they're getting their fair share to keep on playing. You know, guys have just said it ain't, it's not about the money. You know, John, Justin Thomas, John Rom, you know, they, you know, it's not about the money. Either Tiger went on and committed to the PJ tour at this time. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to, for Tiger, you know, Tiger close to the end of his career, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, he got his records and stuff to, you know, he has a legacy he's built in and that's even for fear, you know, you built a legacy. So why would you want to leave that behind, you know, and, and kind of tarnish your legacy, you know, by jumping to some other league for, uh, you know, for maybe a year or two, because it's going to take a while, even for it to get, even if it was to grow to a great level, it's going to take a while Mm -hmm. to get there one. And then before it get there, you know, who's to say that the money ain't going to run out, you know, especially when you're offering these these guys all this money to get started, you know. So one more other thing I want to mention. Um, it wasn't, uh, it was two weeks ago, Harold Vaughn. Yes, sir. Out a win at, uh, at a tournament. I want to say it was in, um, but I want to say it was in Saudi Arabia. It may have been Saudi Arabia. He made a 92-foot put on 18 for Eagle to seal the victory one stroke over Bubba Watson. Bubba actually had um, played, uh, played pretty good, and um, Varner had kind of fell back a little bit. But I think he ended yep. up finishing, like, I want to say he finished even par. And I was just, I was, you know, I was just really happy to see him get the win, you know, because he had been close, and he just wasn't able to put it out. But he, hey, you make a 90-something foot put, it's that's just your day to win, you know. And, uh, and they put look like yours at 17 in Galloway when you made that one that one time across the entire green uh, for Burry. You, I don't know if you remember that. I used, you know, you, you mentioned that the other day. I really don't remember it happening. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget that, man. Yep. Kendrick, you, I don't think you were playing, and not to take away from what we talking about, but Kendrick, Doc, do you remember number 17 at Galloway, Kendrick? Yeah. All right, so the pin was on the left side of the green. Uh, kind of front. Arts drops his second shot on the right side. It's on the green, but it's like almost on the fringe too. He may be a foot on the green. Like he got to put up that slope. He got to catch the top, and he got to come down. So he got to put up to the right for it to break back down left. That thing. I, when I did a little measurement with my phone, it was like eighty some feet, ninety feet almost. Let me finish, baby girl. Um, Doc, he went and walked in, looked, and did his thing. When he put it, he got up, made it to the top of the crest, and started coming down. And when he got around in the 10 feet mark, started getting to the hole, <laughs> he was like, oh, snap, you might make this joint. Man, Doc, and that ball went in. Are <laughs> you that Tiger Woods joint? Yes, man. <laughs> Come in, like, Doc. Hey, did, did, his, did he turn his back on y'all? <laughs> what, what, what didn't he do? What didn't he do, man, Doc? 
he, I, he so he knew knows what it feels like to be her on or making that putt. Like I mean, that was an amazing putt for Birdie, dude. That's the that's the best putt I've seen in our group. Hey, I wasn't making the kind of money he's making. That's for sure. Not off of that putt. Right, you made some pride that day. Pride <laughs> and bragging right. That's what you made that day. It go a long way. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. But yeah, you, you uh, know what I like. Oh, go ahead, my bad. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say what I like about her Warner. Um, in that putt, man, uh, that was a great moment for him. Him being a Jordan Brand a- uh, athlete as well, um, I think that was good for the Jordan Brand. You know, me and loving basketball and growing up in the Jordan era, I love that. Um, and it, I think it was just good for him and where he's from. If I'm not mistaken, he's from uh, the Carolinas, good old country boy, uh, country a man. I'm sorry, he's 31, good good old country man. Uh, it's just good for him and being a man of color. And how he handled that situation, man, was just so dope, so professional, so so surreal, man. Um, I loved it, man. I follow him on social media too. I, I'm I'm so excited for him, and I hope he gets opportunity over here in the states uh, as he starts playing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you know he's been right there at it. You know, so many times mm-hmm. in the final group, and mm-hmm. just hadn't been able to pull it out, man. It just shows how hard it is to actually win on this tour. You right. know, I mean, you you playing yeah. against the guys that, you know, that's that's what I was trying to talk, you know, about the, you know, like these cats, all them pros. So mm-hmm. you know, you you know, most of the time, you know, you know, you have the big names that's usually there. Like I, I'm a cat like Patrick Kenley. This cat has been like. He's been playing some really major good golf for a minute. You know, like if he is not, he's been like most consistently guy, most consistent guy in the top 10, you know, like tournament after tournament after tournament, you know, and it kind of gets overlooked because you're not winning necessarily, but he's been right there, you know, like it's just unbelievable when you even, that's why I feel like, you know, Tiger record is so significant. Because, I mean, like, this cat was winning, like, one out of four tournaments on average. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like, I think even a little better than one out of four. You know, I want to say I, it was, like, close to 30%, you know, of the tournaments he played and he won. So it's like, you know. Domination. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like, really, like, for real. Like, you know, he, that's why I think that everybody – um everybody is, is just astonished and, and so ready for him to come back because you just, you know, you get those glimpses of what he used to be, you know, um, or, and, and what he could be possibly, you know, you just excited to see it. You know, nobody, they all counted him out. Well, I won't say all, but most people counted him out, you know, from coming back from his first, his last uh, injury, you know, and, and coming back from a few years back and being able to, uh, win the Masters and and uh, win uh, at East Lake, you know, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, I'll be glad when his son make it though. Woo-hoo. Oh yeah, that's this is exciting to see his son coming up playing too. You know, as young as he is now, you know. Yeah. Well, when your dad is one of the at one time the best in the world, I mean, you you got some pretty big shoes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you who else is good is uh is uh John Daly's son. Yeah, he's good mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these guys up and coming. I mean, it's gonna be something <laughs> serious. These next group of golfers that they come up. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it's gonna be some fun, exciting rounds to watch, man. And uh, I'm hoping, man, that maybe we, uh, through what we do with our golf group, maybe we can influence some of these kids here in Memphis, man. And maybe 15, 20 years down the road from now, man, we can talk about how uh, we influence somebody. And, and you know, hey, a kid from Memphis from listening to the podcast or us, uh, Arthur. I know you've been big on trying to get us to volunteer the first tee or something, man. Maybe we can have like, hey, man. We, we influenced this kid to go play and look at him now he's being successful. I would love to see that. Absolutely. Thank you, fellas, for jumping on, man. I hate I thank you for that drip. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to be checking it out this year, see how far we can go with it. Um, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to rein it in a little bit. Hopefully, we can come back a little bit more on the conservative side than that right there. <laughs> Next time, I will have some uh, some school uniforms set up for you guys. And I'll tell you everything. <laughs> Uniform shop right there on Winchester. Yeah. Khakis and white shirt, baby. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you fellas coming on, man, and, and getting this uh, first episode of season two kicked off, man. And uh, hopefully we have a good year. And um, we're going to see how things go from there. Let's make it happen, man. Appreciate you, man. Let's do it, baby. Burning the edge, Doc. All right, bro. Hickman, y'all. Bro, Porter, y'all be good, man. All right, thank you. All right. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again. Uh, welcome to season two of Burn the Edge Podcast.